Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano, and thanks for joining me for this week's podcast episode. I'm glad you're here, whether you're a new listener or a longtime listener. And I was just getting ready to sit down and hit the record button for today's episode. I was thinking about talking about the topic of identifying and eliminating whatever it is that happens to be distracting you right now. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we'd all admit that we get distracted from time to time. And sometimes we're distracted for maybe longer periods of time than we would like to admit. And there's always an excuse for it. (laughs) Maybe I should say there's usually an excuse for it. And if anybody is capable of making an excuse for you, it's you. And so we can go through this series of excuses about why we're not further along, why we're not making more progress, why things are breaking down and all of that. I know I've done it myself, but uh, before we go any further on this topic, I just want to say that this episode today is brought to you by OneToManySystem.com. That's OneToManySystem.com. If you go there, you can watch a complete presentation. It will show you the system on how you can scale your business without a team or a big budget. You can simplify everything from your marketing and then you can reduce your focus to just a few basic things while you're building your audience and your income in the process. That's all at OneToManySystem.com. Watch the presentation there. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But getting back to this. So when I started this podcast, my main focus was building a better kind of online business. And I've been doing that for myself now for over two decades. And if you're a solopreneur, a freelancer, or a professional of some kind, my goal has been to talk about things within these episodes that have the potential to transform the way you do business, meaning transform it in a better way. But one of the things that I noticed out there is there's a lot of pressure on people to do things the contemporary way or the agreed upon way, the way people are doing them now, the popular way, the popular methods. And I admit that over the years I've adopted Of course, the English language is always kind of morphing and changing. New words come into play that weren't popular several years ago. And yeah, I too adopt new things, new ways of looking at things within the business world and and even kind of, I guess, in society, in a societal sense. I know that keeping up with the styles is not as important maybe when you're getting a little bit older. But, you know, I don't want to fall behind the times. But when you apply this to business, I think that... There's a lot of things that have changed today that really haven't changed for the better. And one of the things that comes to mind is how we, the the processes we use to run our business from day to day, especially if you're a solopreneur, freelancer, individual professional of some kind, you know, you have a limited amount of time, a limited amount of focus, a limited amount of income that you're, that you're working with. And sometimes you can just, you know, waste time by trying to fit things into your business that just aren't a good fit and you're trying to do it because that's what the people around you are doing. You're trying to use the same software they're using and it's really not the best fit for you. You're trying to use the same marketing tools that they're using and they're really not the best fit for you. Maybe you need something that's not quite as advanced, but by using something that's, let's say, less advanced, you feel as though, I don't know, you feel like you're using something inferior, Imagine you're on a camping trip and everyone around you has a Swiss Army knife, but you just have one of those single blade knives, you know, the fold up kind. (laughs) 
Um, and then you feel like, well, I need a Swiss Army knife because everybody who who is around me has a Swiss Army knife. That's what I'm talking about. And one of the let me just give you a specific instance of this. A lot of solopreneurs that I know struggle to uh, find what you might call a project management system that's a good fit for their business. And if you're not familiar with project management systems, a project management system is simply something that's designed to make a project run smoother, easier. So maybe it's a, a central login to a website that everyone goes to. And I mean, you could uh, have a script that you install on your own website that will do this. There's other services that you can join. I've joined several of them, um, lifetime deal type things where you log into the site and you can share images and text and you can check boxes and have Kanban boards and everything that shows what needs to be started, what's in the process, what's completed. And I admit that they're great to have if you have a certain type of business structure. But a lot of times, solopreneurs and freelancers, and especially if you're managing a lot of complex projects, but a lot of solopreneurs and freelancers are doing just the opposite of that. They only take on what you might call a simple basic project. <clears throat> and a project management system is really overkill for what they're doing. And so, but you can waste a lot of time testing out all of these systems out there, trying to find something that's the best fit for your business that you don't even need. Now, I don't mean to focus on project management systems per se, like that's it's a bad choice for a lot of people. I just had to pick something, so I decided to pick that. Now, for years, I ran an agency business more or less just using a folder type of uh, management system where every project would have its own folder name, you know, and it would be somewhere on whatever uh, system I was using, my own system, you know, like a desktop or in my documents or something like that, using a PC. <clears throat> Later on, I would have folders where I would share documents and images and other things like that in a Dropbox, and I would just give people the link to that where they can upload things. And, you know, there were people that didn't even want to use Dropbox, I remember at times, because even that was a little bit uh, over the top for some non-technical people. They just wanted to use their email for everything. And so I just found that over time it was easier for me especially if I was doing a project with a bigger group of people to use whatever they were using, whatever they felt comfortable with. Because being more of a technical person myself, I can adapt what I'm doing to almost any kind of system. But I learned that I did not need a quote-unquote project management system for myself, for what I was doing. And I have several of them that I've already purchased that are basically dormant because they're overkill for the kind of projects that I'm doing. It's very easy for me to keep things organized using the thing, the tools that I already have. And most of them are, believe it or not, are free. <clears throat> or they come with my subscription to Office, Microsoft Office 365 or something like that. Now, on the other side of it, as a, if you're a solopreneur and you're working with other people, then you'll learn very quickly that not everyone you work with is going to want to use the systems that you use. And if you're only working with them here and there, uh, it, it really will slow your project, quote unquote, down even further if you have to train someone how to use a new system that they're not going to use regularly. You get where I'm coming from? <clears throat> These individuals that you're working with, 
they they are used to let's use the word communication because that's what these tools do anyway they help us communicate better they help us share information better that's another form of communication but they prefer using the tools they're already familiar with now one of my enterprise clients for example uses microsoft office based products for everything they do that includes meetings and updates and file sharing and all of that and the people aren't highly technical that I work with in, in, in this instance, for example. And so it's just easier for me to go ahead and use Microsoft-based products to share information with them. I know there are a few people that I gave them the option of using a, a system that I have to share files and text and emails with all in one, where all they would have to do is log into one spot, or they could just use multiple emails, which is something they were comfortable doing. Guess which one they chose? They chose the, the multiple emails. Now, I could, I could have put the hammer down, so to speak, and just said, this is the way we do it here. This is the way I keep organized. And if I were doing larger, more complex projects where not having that system in place was causing me to just bog down as far as my workflow goes, well then yeah, that's a different story. But I think the point of the matter is a lot of people are overcomplicating what would otherwise be a very simple uh, type of situation. Even if someone sends you 20 emails, if you have some kind of folder system set up, you know that you can save all of the images in one file, you can save all of the text in another file. I'm just giving you an example of, of how we would keep something organized. So. Now, in the big picture, though, I think that it's the person that you're working with. It's their ability. Let's take let's take a fictitious example. There's a project. There's four of us involved in it, right? It's as individuals. It's our ability to communicate what we want and what we're thinking clearly, and to be able to articulate that. That's the determining factor in how the project turns out and how smoothly things run. It's the ability to communicate. That's the key. Now, sometimes I think certain software systems actually get in the way of simplifying that communication simply because of the experiences or the past experience or what the people feel comfortable who you're working with. So if I'm managing a full-time uh, group of employees, then the opposite's going to happen. They're going to have to adjust to my preferences more often than not, but I'm paying them to do that. <clears throat> I guess that's the... That's the situation. And we're going to be working week in and week out, month in and month out. And so it's worth the initial investment up front for them to get used to something new, for them to get used to uh, my system. The only exception, I guess, would be that they introduced me to a better way. And I agree with them that, hey, you're right. This is a better way. So, yes, if you're a solopreneur, a freelancer, professional individual who's looking to be better organized, then you know, make sure you're asking the right questions um, because for an individual, the right answer may or may not be what's the best software on the market. Sometimes that question is a little bit too general. <clears throat> it's like asking what's the best army knife or best army knife. What's the best knife on the market? I was thinking about Swiss army knives again. But if you ask somebody what's the best knife on the market, should you buy a Swiss army knife or not? then uh, after all, you know, all of us are using this all-in-one solution here. The answer is usually going to be it depends what you're going to use it for. 
I mean, imagine you're used to walking around in places like uh, swampy areas or here where I live in Florida. If you're walking by a pond and an alligator jumps out and grabs you by the ankle and starts to pull you into the water, what kind of knife would you want? Would you want a Swiss Army knife? No, I think you'd want one of those big crocodile Dundee hunting type knives like we saw Crocodile Dundee, the character had in the movies, that big knife like that. If something like a gator is grabbing my ankle and trying to pull me down into the water, absolutely. Or if I were walking my dog and it was trying to pull my dog into the water, you know, am I going to jump on it with a Swiss Army knife? And I mean, you know, just think about you need the right tool for the right situation. And even though in an example like this, it's painfully obvious that the answer is what would you want? Well, it depends on the situation. If I had a canned food with no way of opening it except like smashing it on a rock, well, then of course I'd want a Swiss Army knife or something similar or at least a can opener because that's the tool for the job. So when you're a solopreneur, then you really have to think about what's the best tool for you to use because if it's something that is overkill, then it's not going to help you speed up the process. It's actually going to slow you down. If it's something that is going to take you six months to learn and become familiar with, well, then you, ha you have to ask yourself, do I need to take one step backwards in order to take two more steps forward? Am I in that situation? If you are, then go ahead and invest that six months of time. Take a few steps back, slow your progress down in order to learn something new because it'll help you in the long run. But not everything is like that. Some things are just are, are time thieves. Some things it doesn't make any sense for you to learn how to do that. The better option would be to buy some type of, uh, of tool that helps do the job for you or to outsource it or to find some other kind of solution. I know people that are in the world of website development and there's different kinds of website developers. Some are more graphic oriented, some are more technical oriented, some could write code without having any kind of cheat sheet or anything like that or with any type of code writing tool and they can get the job done. And so people ask, well, should I buy a tool or should I learn how to write PHP or should I learn how to write HTML or whatever it is? Now, if you're in the field in general, you're gonna pick up some things just the fact that you're there. And it could be something technical, it could be something artistic, it could be something about marketing, it could be anything relative to the field you're in. You're gonna pick up some information that you weren't even intending to pick up just because you were exposed to it. But I think when all is said and done, eventually you, your business and you as an individual, you're going to mature to the point where you realize that, okay, I'm going to have to pick a lane. And even if I'm a jack of all trades, which, you know, is a negative connotation, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, I believe having a broad breadth of knowledge, I guess you would say, on a certain topic, I don't see there's that there's anything wrong with that, especially today. However, that said, I think that you, you, you need to take all of these loose ends and tie them up and present whatever you're doing in a way that's understandable to the average person that you're going to be dealing with. This is why I'm more for solution-based selling, problem-based selling today than I've ever been in the past. So in, in order to communicate what you do in a way that somebody might decide to buy whatever it is that you're selling, then you should be able to communicate in one or two sentences exactly how you can benefit them. I fix these problems. I help people get from here to there. I, I, I enable people to make this kind of transformation. 
Weight loss is a is a uh, something we're all familiar with. I, I I help overweight people lose weight, or more specifically, you know, I help people lose. I can easily help you lose fifty pounds, or or whatever whatever it is, whatever you've mastered. That's the thing that you want to get out there. But you know, you, it does take time to master something to really learn how something works. But anyway, so the uh, the real issue here is that. We can look at a lot of examples of things that hold some level of importance in your business that you can focus on each and every day. But eventually, if you overfocus on these things, what's going to happen is these things are going to be counterproductive distractions or worse. Worse meaning that things are distracting to the point where your business growth is happening at a snail's pace and you're burning most of your time and energy on things, looking into things, testing things, inquiring about things, dwelling on things that after all is said and done aren't going to matter hardly at all. So right now in the website development world, for example, we're in a transitionary phase. And for years, WordPress was the go-to solution for just about every kind of website development project out there that there was. When I say the go-to solution, I'm meaning for a fairly large, fairly sizable group of people, designers, developers. And as a result, today it powers almost 40% of the websites we see out there in the online world today. And I've been recommending it to my clients since around 2007, 2008. Now it's not perfect, of course it never will be. And as time has progressed from that 2007, 2008 period, Page builders have made website development even faster and more cost-effective to the average end user than ever before. And that said, is there really such a thing as the best page builder? Again, it's an argument that we can put out there, and I would say that each of the tools comes with its own set of pros and cons. I think that's the safe way to leave it. But recently, WordPress, the base itself, the foundation of these websites, has found itself in what appears to be a prolonged season of transition. Now, a lot of the companies or the developers that uh, website builders come to rely upon for their businesses, a lot of those companies have been sold off to larger corporate entities over the last several years. This is really the norm in a lot of marketplaces. The marketplace, although it was huge, it wasn't so huge that you couldn't recognize who some of the individuals were behind some of the most popular co uh, companies in the space. And, you know, for me personally, I've been in this space for over two decades. And yeah, I can say without hesitation that change has been the norm. But even then, I can tell you that most people act like it's not or it shouldn't be. And the problem is with change is that most people, not only don't we like it, but we don't see it coming until we're face to face with it. Now, in a perfect world, you can invest in some kind of technology and it will serve you for years to come. And that's true in a lot of marketplaces. You don't have to keep up with the latest and greatest of everything. But when it comes to certain online things like how websites are developed, how well they run and what they're capable of doing, then keeping up with the changes is part of what keeps your, your business viable. And so people in this space have been spending a lot of time, a lot of energy, trying to keep up with these changes, and the changes are not 
happening at a pace or in a way that are making a lot of people happy or comfortable. But now let's look at this from a business perspective, because many of the most talented people in the world are looking at what they're doing. Solopreneurs I'm talking about, I'm talking about freelancers, right? A, a professional. They're looking at what they're doing from a craftsman's perspective. Maybe you can say an artist's perspective instead of a business perspective. And there are two separate, there are two very different perspectives, but I think those two perspectives have to be joined in order for you to have a complete view of what's happening. So let's look at a, maybe more of a craftsman's type of perspective with something that's easy to relate to. Let's talk about food. <clears throat> so you can source the finest ingredients in the world for your food type of product that you're going to bring out into the market. So that's what I mean when I'm saying a craftsman's perspective. So maybe you're gonna source the finest ingredients possible, but when you begin to look at what you're doing from a business perspective, the best ingredients, the, most, the highest quality ingredients are often very expensive, almost cost prohibitive in making this into a mass market type of product. And that's just the starting point. So maybe you decide that instead of using fresh tomatoes in your recipe, you're going to go with a canned tomato instead to keep your costs lower. You get where I'm going with this, right? So practically speaking, especially as an individual, you have to wear two hats more often than not. If you're a professional of any kind, yes, you have a skill to maintain, but you also have a business to grow. And how each of those how you spend time in each of those areas is very important because the end goal is to become increasingly efficient and effective in both areas without bogging down in either. Let me stop right here and say this. Distractions can ruin what would have otherwise been a very good opportunity because they cause you to miss the window of opportunity. Distractions can cause you to be late to the party. Distractions will prevent you from bringing a hot idea to the table because by the time you arrive, that idea is now barely lukewarm. And so if somebody asks me, Jim, are you happy with what you accomplished last week? This is one of the reasons why I'm talking about distractions this week. Because I looked at the week in general and I thought to myself, I didn't get much done last week. But if somebody asked me, were you busy last week? I would say, oh yeah, I was really busy, but I didn't really get anything done. Because why? Because I was distracted. And it takes the identification of that distraction oftentimes before you're able to make a plan to prevent yourself from repeating this over and over and over again. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to share some ideas today about identifying and eliminating everything that's distracting you. Because if you asked me if I was happy with what I accomplished last week and I told you no and that I was busy, unless I sit down and really think it through, I wasn't really conscious of what it was that was distracting me all week long. And basically what it was, and now I can recognize it and even write it down, is that most of the distractions were happening not because I was physically doing anything, but because of what I was thinking about. I spent more time than I care to admit thinking about a project that I wasn't 100% comfortable with and this isn't even a project that needs to be done immediately. It's something down the road and yet I wasted probably more time than I even realized last week <clears throat> thinking about something that I really didn't have much control over. And so recognizing it this week, now I realize that I have to set 
a certain amount of time aside and schedule that time to take care of that project or the thing that's bothering me about that project. It's just, it's something technical. And like I said, it's not something that's urgent. It's something that's important, but it's not urgent. Have you ever had important but not urgent things just sidetrack you for weeks and weeks on end? It's not until you identify those things, though, that you can begin to eliminate them. And sometimes eliminating just means having a plan in place so that that thing that you need to do is not interrupting um, or taking up more bandwidth, I guess we could say, than it needs to be at this present time. Have you actually, I'm sure everybody can identify with this, have you actually been uh, working and thinking about what you were going to do when you were done working? And then when you're relaxing and then you're thinking about work, in other words, you're not actually present in the moment. You're distracted by thoughts of what's next. You're not living right here, right now. Maybe you're sitting and relaxing. Supposedly your body is, but your mind is thinking about something that's related to business. And this is especially bad when you're around other members of the family and they're, they are present, but you're not. There's no way to hide that. And, you know, that can become a habit. And that's a kind of a relationship destroyer when you get right down to it. So it's, I think it's really important to un identify what the distractions are and identify why those things are distracting. I know there's certain things that I do that are busy work. And a lot of the busy work distracts me from the work that I really don't want to do or the work I want to avoid doing. But I've learned sometimes it's better to get the work that you don't want to do out of the way first. But that's, you know, sometimes easier said than done. I think a lot of people, a lot of the things that distract them, a lot of distractions aren't exactly what we would call unpleasant. They take the place of the legitimate things we need to be thinking about and doing that really maybe aren't quite as pleasant to be thinking about. For example, I know a lot of people, they've bought the programs, they've bought the software, they have everything they need from a mechanical standpoint to be successful in their business. But what they don't want to do is invest the time in creating content. So for example, this is episode 260 today of this podcast, 260 episodes. And I'm really grateful and happy that I've made it to 260 episodes because I've had plenty of time to do things other than record a podcast. But I know other people that will spend a year or two just examining microphones and audio editing software, and they buy all of that stuff and they still haven't recorded their first episode. Why? Because that's not the enjoyable part of it, because when you do something that's new for the first time, you're not really that good at it. So it's kind of better doing what you are good at because you feel better with the outcome of that. But we're talking about business growth. We can be talking about life growth. When you want to succeed at something that you haven't yet succeeded at, sometimes it means getting better at things that you're currently not very good at. And that takes time and energy. And a lot of people would rather take the path, myself included, of least resistance. Now, you have to discipline yourself. Another word that people don't really like to think about is the word discipline. And I remember as a teenager talking to people that had been in the army 
And basically they were telling me that that's where they learn discipline. And I thought, my God, I, I, I need to learn discipline a different way because there's no way I want to go into the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines. I don't want any of that for myself. Now I look back on it and I think, well, you know, I really, I, I don't know if envy is the right word, but I'm, I'm really, when I look at people that have gone through all of that kind of, of training, I was an athlete myself. I played different sports. I ran. I did a lot of things like that. So there was a certain type of discipline that is very similar to what you have to go through with that other type of training. But, you know, not to bog down in that, but a lot of the things that you actually did, a lot of the activities weren't enjoyable. They were stressful. They were tiring. Your muscles ached when you were done, especially for training for a sport we're talking about right now. But the idea is so that you can perform when you're out on the field. But the difference, I think, is, is that you have teammates around you, you have coaches around you, and in business, it's really just you. And so that's why sometimes people invest a whole lot of money into having someone that they can identify with coach them through certain aspects of their career or when they bog down they go out and they find a mentor and because it's not so much that that person's going to tell them all of these things that they have yet to discover for themselves but that person is actually there to work with them to be a sounding board and they know that there's a element of accountability that they're going to have that they don't have when they try and go it on their own. I know a lot of people who are very unsuccessful, I'm sure just as you do, but they're also very intelligent. Now you may say, well, how do, how do you justify those two together? I'm just saying that for they haven't found a way to do the work yet. They haven't found a way, I know they know what to do, but they just haven't gotten the right combination to break through their own inner resistance. <clears throat> And so I, I think a lot of times people are waiting for a feeling, you know, until they feel good about something. Well, there's a lot of things in life that if you wait until you feel good about it, they'll never get done. There's something about doing what, what you don't want to do and making yourself do it. That's where that discipline uh, type of element comes in. You know, some things take time. There's no getting around it. We can't rush growth. We can't rush sometimes uh, putting a complex product together, you have to work according to a lot. Yeah, and you have to work around a lot of things. Sometimes you just don't have the mental clarity yet, and so that's something that you maybe can't rush. Sometimes you're learning how to become more proficient in something. Again, that's not something you can rush. But we're not talking about that. We're not talking about time insofar as everything should be done fast and immediate and we should be ultra productive. We're just talking about um, getting things done versus dealing with and identifying the uh, distractions that we need to deal with. So uh, those of you who've listened to this podcast, you may for a while now, some time ago I talked about uh, Eisenhower, David Eisenhower, Ike Eisenhower. He was the 34th president of the United States, I believe, from the early 50s to the, let's see, it was 53 to 61. And he had this matrix that he used that became very popular, especially after, uh, in later years, after he passed on. And it's called the Eisenhower matrix. And as a president, and he was a former general, and there's always distractions coming his way. And so he had uh, this these four different areas. There was the urgent and there was the not urgent. There was the important and there was 
the non-important. And sometimes, you know, getting yourself to follow one of these type of matrix type of things is not really practical, but just being aware of how it works and being able to see it visually. So if you want to download the image of the Eisenhower matrix, they're all over the place. Some of them are fancier than others. But for example, uh, one of the examples that I'm looking at now is that, well, if you have a blog post that's due tomorrow, it, that's something that's important, but it's also urgent. Now, if you compare that to something like, um, you know, uh, working on a personal project, it's important to you. It's a personal project, but it's not more urgent than getting this blog post written today. Right now, I'm recording this podcast a day early. I always re record this podcast one or two days before I release it. I don't record these way in advance. I just do it as I go along. And it works fine for me. Now, there are times that I came close <laughs> right down to the wire, but I've always gotten the job done because I feel comfortable doing it this way. I wait until there's something that is of interest to me. And somebody might say, well, what if something of or that's not of interest? What happens if you can't get something that's inspiring enough to talk about? Well, I always find something that's inspiring enough. Let me put it that way. So there's important things, but not all of them are urgent. So the in the urgent things come to the front of the line. And then there are things that are urgent from another person's point of view, but they, they're not urgent to you. And so these are things that we might delegate and have somebody else do them. And then there are things that are just not important and they're not urgent. And so you just, you know, you, you delete those things. You eliminate those things. And so that's how you deal with information coming at you. There's the urgent and there's the not urgent. Uh, actually, we start, let's, let's start with important and not important. If it's not important, we can delegate it or delete it. If it's important, either falls under the category of urgent and not urgent. And so that's how you live one day at a time. That's how you schedule things that are important but don't need to be done today. <clears throat> and let me say that that also goes with what you're thinking about. If you're thinking about something that is important but not urgent, then you need to get that those thoughts out of your mind and focus on what is not only important but urgent for you to do sooner rather than later. And that's why a lot of people experience such slow growth when it comes to their business because – uh, it's not all or nothing. It really isn't. It's not just one thing that you have to do. It's not just one hat that you wear. So now another challenge may be that some things don't fit into an all or nothing type of category. You know, I would like to delete all kinds of things that, <clears throat> excuse me, let's take social media. This is an example. It doesn't fit into an all or nothing category for a lot of people. So maybe it's worthwhile to some extent for your business. I would say probably it's good for you to be found when people are looking for you on Facebook or Twitter or wherever. It doesn't hurt. But if my business involved teaching others uh, how to market on Facebook, then absolutely I want to be spending time on Facebook because it's important to my business or whatever platform I was building products and services around. If I taught people how to succeed with LinkedIn, then I'm going to be spending more time than the average person on LinkedIn. However, if the question uh, arises about, well, you know, we're really not doing much on this platform or it's no longer as effective as it 
once was, well, then you don't have to look at it as all or nothing. You just look at it as, well, maybe I shouldn't be investing so much time in this anymore. Maybe I should take some of that time and reinvest it into something else that benefits my life in a much more significant way. So some things you can just, for example, you can have a simple workout program that you want to do with some of the extra time that you used to spend doing on social media. So maybe it's a simple program. You just go out for an energetic walk. Maybe do it yourself or a friend, or maybe have a dog that you walk. And what you do is, as a result of having walked, instead of spending all your time doing that other thing, then you're starting to feel a little bit better overall about your health and well-being, your mental clarity. So maybe an one hour a day on social media broken down into four 15-minute visits throughout the day. Maybe that's all you need or two 30-minute sessions, one earlier, one or later. Because the more you look at it, anything beyond that is just going to be a distraction to you and holding you back from doing more important things. That's what I mean by identifying what it is that's distracting you. And beginning to eliminate those things. Even if you don't eliminate them completely, you just cut back on them. right? Where are your time wasters? What keeps distracting you? When I do this exercise for myself, I've learned that it only works effectively when I write these things down. And I realize maybe there's some disciplined people out there uh, that are more disciplined than me. I'm sure there are. But I realize that this is something you have to do periodically over the course of time. Because I also fall back into that pattern of allowing things to distract me and those things cause me to get less work done that's really important or that is more important, identifying the time wasters. But I have to write these things down. If I don't write these things down, if I just identify them mentally, then what happens is nothing changes. It's strange how it works, but when I write it down and identify it and I look at it, sometimes I have to look at that little piece of paper for like a week until I break out of that phase of distraction that I happen to be caught in at that particular time. And like I said, sometimes the things that waste my time, they're not the things that I'm physically doing, but what I'm thinking about or possibly obsessing over. And let me just say one last time, writing these things down on a piece of paper helped me see it in a way that I otherwise wouldn't see it, even though I'm aware of it. So let me share some thoughts about getting away from work altogether. Sometimes you hit a wall and it doesn't matter what you're trying to do, what your activity is. You go so far, you can't go any further. When we're talking about a topic like business, what happens with the business affects our time. And what happens with our business affects our finances. And what happens with our finances affects how we are thinking and feeling about the present and about the future. And that's why it's so easy to find yourself mentally working around the clock because you're trying to make things better. You're trying to make life better. But sometimes the harder you try and the more effort you put in, you find out that you're not building anything but frustration. It took learning this the hard way myself that sometimes you just have to walk away from all of it, take a break before you'll be able to recognize what should come next or what the best way forward looks like. Look, I don't have to tell you that the world is filled with distractions that can either delay or outright keep you from experiencing the things you're looking forward to in your life. But I think the starting point is to identify exactly what those things are in the first place. Write them down so you can see them. Until you do that, until you see it for yourself, 
How can you start getting some of these obstacles out of your way? And let me finish by saying this. Even the smallest bit of improvement in this area can make a big difference with what happens to you next. All right, that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them or send them directly to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. All the back episodes can be found there and your sharing of this podcast as a whole or even just an episode link really helps me reach people who would otherwise be very difficult to reach. I know I say that every week, but it's no less true this week than it was last week. And lastly, if you're done with the excuses and you're ready for change, head over to onetomanysystem.com, watch the presentation there, take notes, and then take the next step. That's all for now. Thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you later. 